really. I, I, I always had the, the, the teaching uh, when it was available, but it wasn't crammed down my neck, so it was kind of a certain thing where if I wanted to know about it, you know, the, the answers was always there, but quite often I didn't really want to know about it. I wanted to do my own thing, so, you know, I um, spent a lot of my late teenage years drinking, um, always going out. Uh, that that pretty much was my life. That was my sole purpose, you know. It was to get through the week in order to live for the weekend. Uh, so two real days a week I was alive and the rest I was waiting for those two real days, you know. I'm massively into music. Um, I play in a band. I, I've set up the sound for the band for over two, for over 12 years. Um, always enjoyed doing it. Never gone out to do it as a career. It's always been a hobby, but, uh, you know, it's just something that we love doing. Um, you know, I, I, I sing in the band also, I, you know, it's... It's, it's just great fun. I love doing it. I, I enjoy music as, as listening to it as well. You know, I, I enjoy what people say behind what's written, you know, by, behind the music that's there. Um, there's many aspects to music, you know. I, I, I think it, it speaks on a, on a whole lot of different levels. I own music from dance to funk to hip-hop to reggae to rock to thrash. Um... I enjoy different bits about all sorts of different types of music. I knew that God existed. I just didn't buy into the... Uh, really, the fun aspect of it. I'd, I'd, I've been in church. I've never experienced how... how church can be the highlight of your week. I've never experienced that church was a chore when I went. It was something that I did to get God off my back. I was talking to... I had no idea on what was going on. I was talking to a guy I work with who I knew was a Christian, and I believed in Christ. I believed in Christ for probably... probably all my life. Like I was saying earlier, you know, I was raised with it. Um, at, when I wanted to know about it, it was always there. So God, for me, was... He was, he was my saviour when I wanted him, but I didn't want anything to do with him. So, um, I woke up one Sunday morning after talking to a guy I work with, and uh, like I say, you know, th this guy uh, was talking to me about it and, and, and I was interested, but then he asked me the question that I was most frightful of hearing was, why don't you come to our church? And uh, so I, I try my hardest to get out of this conversation, you know. I'm like, right, okay. I'm thinking of trying this other church, you know, that one there, Tesco. So uh, Sunday morning, I get up. I remember what I've told this guy. I didn't. I, I've never liked lying. I'm a. Uh, I stick to my morals as a person. But I remember what I've told this guy, and then I, and then I'm also thinking, well, I've got to see him on Monday, and then I'll have to explain if I don't go. I'm gonna have to explain that I didn't want to go, and have to explain why I didn't. So I, I came, and I can remember sitting during the service the first time and praying to God to get me out of it. <laughs> but I came back the next week and the week after that.
and I've been coming ever since. Instantly I found... I, I wanted to... Uh, I've studied psychology. I wanted to figure out what people were talking about all the time. What I wanted to figure out if there was a force, what it was. So I studied conversations, I studied what people were saying, I studied what they were uh, talking about and found out that there was no force behind it, there was nothing that people were trying to show me or people were trying to uh, to make out was happening. This thing was as real as what it was, so really I it wasn't that, you know, something changed, it was just that I had no other no other choice but to, to but to accept it. Since I became a Christian, I no longer live just for the weekends. I'm alive every day. Some some days are difficult, but I'm alive every day. I'm no longer waiting, watching the week click by, tick by, waiting for seven o'clock on Friday night so I can. I can be with friends and be drunk. Uh, there's much more purpose, there's much more love for life itself. I don't believe that God asks a Christian to be something that you've got to look like. I don't think he asks you to be any, anything other than what you actually are, what he's made you to be. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like to fit what's expected of me in order to fit into some club or some to be accepted into anywhere. Me personally, I like being me. That's great, eh? Yeah. Um, so like I said, that was uh, a couple of years ago now, and we can, uh, it's almost like on Grand Designs where they go back, a, you know, a year and a half later, yeah. we can look at you now, and he's wearing yeah. a similar shirt, so we know that he likes <laughs> Czech shirts, so that's... Not the same. <laughs> we had this conversation at the start. <laughs> but, um, Dan, just tell us, like, what were you like before you became a Christian? I know you allude to little bits in the story, but what were you like? Um... Unpredictable. Um, my, my biggest role was to provide entertainment for my friends, and that meant being as drunk as possible. And the more people that laughed at me, the more important I felt. So I had to, I had to cut across boundaries every single week, and, it, and they got further and further and further till it became really that unsustainable that I was in big danger of losing my life really so all down to drink drugs parties late nights radical behavior yeah. things like that yeah yeah great so just um tell us i know you again said a bit in there but I, after speaking the other day um what's changed in your life since you became a christian well i mean it says it on the video i didn't quite kind of I didn't get everything in there, but um, the biggest thing for me was God was on a, a big path with me before I started coming to church. He was placing people in my life which changed my direction. He was placing ideas in 
not only my mind, but my heart, a belief in my heart about who I was, what I was, my importance to myself as, as well as to everybody else around me. Um, so there was kind of things that I was going through which I didn't realize, I wasn't aware that, you know, I, I wasn't behind it, put it that way. Um, but the biggest thing for me that has changed is that I no longer live for the weekends anymore. Um, and that, that began before I started coming to church, but it was, it was punchlined since I started coming to church. It was, it, there was an exclamation mark there saying, yeah, you know, yeah. this is it. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had this conversation, we've spoken about this here before, the fact that a, a lot of our generation, mm. um, and even the generation before, I, I know when we, you know, you, you go out with the lads or whatever, there's people in the 40s, people in the 50s yeah. doing this thing every weekend, yeah. you know, going out, getting drunk and trying to fill a gap in yeah. their own lives. And um, if you added up the, the weeks, the days that are wasted, if you just live for those two days at the end of each week, it'd be a phenomenal amount of time you're wasted. And we believe life's more than that, don't yeah. we? Just to talk to us a little bit about you know, the people you were with then and, and they're still going out now. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I won't name any of them, but, you know, I know <laughs> and actually all of them pretty much are still there, still there doing the same thing. I call it actually the conveyor belt because Monday to Friday or Friday to Friday, really, they're doing their own little routine and that routine consists of being in the pub and still consists of... I, it's funny, I get, when I have been out, and I see those same people, there's still, still the same jokes being cracked and there's still the same conversations and there's still the same monotony of the, of the same thing, which I found that at one point, that was my church. Um, but it's strange to kind of walk back into that and see that it's still the same, still operating on all the same rules and boundaries. Uh, one thing for me is that um, I, I started to find out from personally that these people as the, or even though they were labelled as my friends, they were more drinking acquaintances because the, it was one of the unwritten rules that you don't talk about personal stuff you don't bring problems, that is a problem on a Friday night and I don't want anything to do with that, this is a good time and that's it so um, that was one of the kind of the, uh, the ethics <laughs> to the drunkenness really yeah, I mean, one of the things I love about your story, and it makes me laugh every time, is how you speak about praying to get out of church when you're yeah. in church. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what were you expecting that first morning? Because you, there was obviously something that you, you didn't want to come here. You said, um, I wanted to see if this thing, what this, the fuss was all about. Yeah. What were you expecting the first time you came to church? Um, it's a great question. I think the first thing I was expecting is, Really, I've never felt good enough, or previously never felt good enough. So, therefore, I expected not to be good enough. Um, and, and therefore, nobody likes feeling less better than everybody else. And, and, and certainly, when you're on your own, I don't want to walk into a community that, I don't know, maybe they're all better than me. And, and that was the biggest thing, I, I think, for me. Um, there's, there's a couple of things. I, I think also, um, oh, I don't know now. Hmm. It's a good one, that, because I'm trying to think back to where I was, and I'm trying to, trying to grasp exactly what I was. Yeah, that's cool. 
what I was thinking. But I think the biggest thing, like I've just said, is, you know, he's, he's feeling not good enough. I find one of the big, the big things about this, this stop people come to church is that they don't feel good enough. And that in itself is just such a, a funny aspect because mm. when people are at the lowest, they need God. That's when mm. we need Jesus. And I, we need Jesus on the, in the valley and the mountain part. I understand that. But the reality is, he's the one who gets us out of the mess. Yeah. He, he got me out of my mess. Yeah. And at times, Christians, at times, church possibly is, have portrayed themselves as up there and other people are down there. And that's not where we are at Arena mm. Church. We, we all, all, Christian said this morning, we're all sinners saved by grace. Yeah. And we wouldn't be here was it not for the grace of God. Fantastic. And you need to know in this place tonight, if you feel like, you know, you're coming in tonight and you were worried about that, you feel down here. Let me tell you, we're all on the same level and we're all on a journey. And uh, Jesus cares for you just as much as he cares for me. Mm. And um, all he wants to do tonight is help you on that journey. Yeah. Um, something, again, I, I loved is that you, you didn't under, understand how church could be fun. Yeah. How it could be the highlight of the week. Just talk to me how that, a mindset has changed since you've been coming? Well, I think part of that is through experiencing God's presence for the first time because that was something I'd never experienced before. And actually, even though I knew God existed, it was almost like a bus ticket to heaven once I was dead. Yeah. So, uh, and, as, and, and to me, that never sounded appealing. Yeah. So, um, to understand that God was available and present and with you today and also awesome in that, um, yeah, that was the, the, the point that bowled me over really was like, that was the point that I couldn't psychologically argue with yeah. it, it broke that boundary in me yeah. um, so does, does that answer yeah, your question it sorry it does and uh, I think two of the big things that stop people from going to church is like we said already is, is the thing of I don't feel good enough and another one is that I don't want to dress like those people I don't want to, I, I don't want to live like those people yeah and you spoke about that in, in your story. You said, I want to be me. Yeah. And that's the reality. God doesn't want you to dress like Phil or Christian. He doesn't want you to dress like me. He wants you to be you. And, you know, even though, even though I may look... <laughs> even though I may look great tonight, you know. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, the reality is God wants you to be you. And your quirks and, and your things, we believe that the body of Christ is better when we have diversity. So the reality is we don't want a hundred Christians. We don't want a hundred Phil's. We don't want a hundred Helen's. We want you. And we believe that you have your unique part to play in that. And mm. just talk to us, Dan, about how you found your place and how you found um, just your uniqueness in church. Well, um, God had placed on me a long, long time ago the, the uh, desire to not only learn about people um, like counselling, psychology, I mentioned earlier, but um, but to love people properly, actually actively, um, and and that for me, it took a good ten years in act, in coming into fruition, really. Um, and and about two years ago, I started kind of just stepping out of the boat and and getting with people, meeting with people. Um, uh, not, I can't really describe it as counselling, but it, did it, but it does involve those kills. It's more of a mentoring thing, but it, it, you know the, there is that behind it. Um, and it, it, I found my calling through actually discovering how needy people actually are, and, and all the barriers that they put up. Because I did it, I did it for years. I did it with all my drunken friends. You know, they, they all they all thought they knew who I was. Inside, I was dying. Inside, I was 
crying every single time. Um, so the, the, there is a lot of needy, needy people. And to me, that, that personally breaks my heart. And, and, I, and I made the decision for God and for myself that I'm going to fill that gap. There's a brilliant comment by William Booth, and I don't know it off by heart, but you know, while there's people falling down, I'm going to help them back up. Yeah. And, and, and that, that kind of encapsulates me. Yeah. Funnily enough, I believe that's on the walls of the church somewhere yeah. here. Um, one of the things we spoke about the other day when we were just talking about the video and talking about what we wanted to speak about tonight uh, that I, I loved was um, you're talking about finding uh, your calling. Yeah. Finding uh, what your niche was in the church and how yeah. you did that. Um, and, and you said that it, you, you did it through serving. Yes. That was how you found it. And yeah. sometimes I, I find as Christians we can be a little bit lazy and we can... We can sit back and say, I'm waiting for my calling. Yeah. I'm waiting for this and I'm waiting for that. And my experience is this. It lines up with the Bible. Planted in the house, they shall flourish. So as you serve, yeah. your calling is revealed. So yeah. do you want to just talk us about your journey in that? Because it's amazing. Yeah, I think like, like I've just said previously, you know, it, this was burning in my heart for a good 10 years. Um, it never really came to pass until it started just over... Just over, well, just over a year and a half ago, so nearly two years. Um, but the challenges in that, you know, I always knew that was my place. I always knew that was what I wanted to do. I always knew that, that I'd, God had given me visions, dreams. He'd given me words. He'd, he'd given me all sorts in order to, to push me into that. But then I could never actually get there. So there's this one particular day I decide to just meet with somebody rather than being set up and working for an organization or something like that. It was just like, okay, I'm going to make myself available for this person. I'm going to fill that gap, whatever it is that they, ha- they are needing. I'm going to try and fill that gap. So I met up with one particular person, and we did that for a good year and four months, I believe it was. And, you know, and, and as much as some people might say that must have been hard work, I loved it, and I loved it. Not... And, and that's, that can come across wrong, so please hear my heart on that. I didn't love it that this guy needed help. I just loved being involved in somebody's life and, get, and them, having them give me permission to be able to speak into their life is actually amazing um, that, uh, that you can earn that much trust in somebody and, and, and become that person that they trust in, in order to get them out. And, and, I, and I could not have done that without the help of God. I could not have done that without Jesus' help. Yeah, yeah that's great. I, I mean, I, I've known Dan for, I don't know, six years maybe. Yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, and ever since, the, I think one of the first conversations we had were about you wanting to help people in that sense of, yeah. of talking and, and that kind of thing. But you know, Dan didn't just sit around, because I think you were looking for a job then in, yeah. in this kind of field. Yeah. But Dan just didn't sit around waiting for that to come. He, he's, on the me, he's on the media team, so on the desks at the back, he's jumped in with young adults and things like that. And it's so, it's so amazing how God works that while, uh, while Dan was just planted in the house, while you were, while you were serving, yeah. that this thing has just come out of nowhere and yeah, people have just started popping up from nowhere. Yeah. And God's just started chiseling things away yeah. in your life. And I'd encourage you all tonight that I, I believe there's a lot of people around here who, you, you believe that God has called you to do something, but you're frustrated that it's not coming to pass yet. Why don't you just try serving? 
why don't you just try serving the church? Why don't you try serving this man's vision? And see what happens in that. Because my experience and Dan's experience is this, that while you serve, God brings gold from that. Yeah. And he takes you into what he called you to a long time ago. Yeah. Let's just give Danny a massive round of applause. Actually, just stay two seconds, two seconds. One question, actually, I just think would be really uh, good to ask you is, if there's someone in here tonight that's searching, they, they wanna, they look, they wanna, they've come tonight and they want to know a bit more about Jesus, what would your advice be to them? Um, I'd like to, I think the easiest answer is read the Bible, but actually get in his presence. Yeah. Because the biggest part for me about knowing who God is and him knowing who I am and telling me actually who I am was me being in his presence. And that did change me. That did change me. So I think that his presence for me was the, was the, the biggest thing. More than any book I've ever read. It was actually knowing who he is. Actually being with him. I think there's a comment saying you, know, you could read a thousand books about David Beckham. But unless you actually... You, you're with him you don't understand actually who he is you know you just understand what's written on the page so I think the presence of God is the biggest thing for me so I get in prayer get in presence and it, it will meet you let's just thank Danny again for just a, a great interview Don't underestimate what it takes to come here and just show your life to people because it's such a big thing and we always honor the guys who put their lives on videos and sit on the stage and do that because they're so open. And what Dan just said there leads us perfectly into uh, just the end of our service and the guys are just going to come up, the band. And one of my favorite stories, if you were in Ilkeston this morning, Christian spoke about it, it was the story of Zacchaeus found in Luke 19, verse 1 to 10. Go away and look at it tonight. But Jesus was, uh, it was rock star status really. He was walking around town. Thousands of people were going to see him. And this man called Zacchaeus wanted to see what the hype was all about. He wanted to see this Jesus. And uh, Zacchaeus was a pretty bad man. He was a, a tax collector, but he'd been robbing off people, he'd been stealing. Basically, he was a, he was a bit of a gangster, really. He'd, he'd be the, the drug dealer of today. And Zacchaeus, he was a short guy, and he, he, had, to climb, he had to climb up the tree, this tree to see Jesus through the crowds. And this is the thing I love about Jesus, and it's, the, it's from the heartbeat of our church. We are the one to reach the one. And Jesus, in the midst of a massive crowd, in the midst of thousands, he picked this man Zacchaeus out and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to come to your house for tea. And what you'd expect is for Jesus to berate Zacchaeus. What, that's what I expect. I expect him to tell him off. I expect him to say, Zacchaeus, give your money back. Zacchaeus, do this. Zacchaeus, do that. Your life is in a mess. But all it says is this. It says, Zacchaeus went to his house. Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house and they had a conversation. They had dinner together. And from being in the presence of Jesus, Zacchaeus changed. That's my experience of God. You come in tonight, you're skeptic or whatever. My experience of Jesus is this. He wants to know me. He wants to know you. He, He wants to be in your life. And from that presence, you change from knowing him you change not from you could read all the books you wanted and a great place to start is the Bible but really that relationship with Jesus is where everything changes you know that verse I read tonight cast all your anxieties onto Jesus for he cares for you you've got anxieties you've got things in your life and I want to tell you tonight 
Jesus isn't scared of your rubbish. We've all got stuff in our lives. We've got mess in our lives. And all Jesus wants you to do is bring your mess to him. Give it to me. That's what he says tonight. So I just ask you if you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a second.